Thank you for joining Inside the Room with myself, State Representative Brandon McGee, where we discuss politics, leadership, and culture. I know the setup is a little different, y'all, uh, but I am obviously inside the room with a group of um, amazing people, uh, and I wanted to take a different turn um, and, and talk a little bit about some of the more current affairs that's been happening uh, throughout this country. Um, we know that in the midst of this year's most important trial, Inside the Room will dedicate, again, this episode, uh, podcast episode, to discuss the Derek Chauvin trial and the impact of racial justice as it relates to the killing of George uh, Floyd back in 2020. Uh, so during today's discussion, um, you're going you're gonna to hear it all. We're going to do our best to unpack the entire trial, um, give you some high-level moments, but I quickly want to drive into hearing from my special guest that I will introduce uh, shortly. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about uh, DMX. Um, you know, this week, uh, DMX, he died at the age of 50, uh, and I, I want to talk a little bit about where we are in terms of giving people, black folk, their flowers while they are alive. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of these YouTube and Facebook, Instagram posts about rest in heaven, rest in peace, and I'm like, yo, it was just two weeks ago, we didn't even hear about what was happening with DMX, but I digress until that time, and we'll talk a little bit about it. So as always, join me in gathering people from all walks of life to step inside the room to help educate and uplift our communities. As always, I seek uh, to frame or preface our conversations with a quote, uh, and I am remaining true to that. Uh, and I have one that I feel that's extremely poignant uh, for today's podcast episode. Uh, and again, thank you to all of you that are listening on FUBU Radio, following me on Instagram, on Twitter, all of the social media platforms. I can't thank you enough. I quote, to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in a rage almost all the time. And that was quoted by the renowned author and novelist, James Baldwin. McGee's commentary would be to be a black man, not singling out our black women, but to be a black man in this country, in this world, you are in constant fear, you are in constant frustration and wondering, am I doing what's right to be approved by society? But guess what? Black men, we're gonna keep on rocking on. We're gonna support each other. We're gonna uplift our black women. And most importantly, we're gonna provide examples to all of our young people that look to us. Uh, so let's just jump right into today's discussion in terms of the Derek Chauvin trial. And I'm specifically emphasizing the importance of naming what the trial is. Some people have said, oh, this is the George, Form George Floyd, excuse me, trial. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's the man who killed George Floyd. It's his trial. And so with me today 
I have some really, really smart, very active um, young people. I don't know how young they are, uh, but young folk who are at the forefront of the social justice movement, uh, been walking with me uh, throughout my journey. Uh, and they're gonna share a little bit about, from their perspective, where we are with this particular case and how we plan to move forward. So having said that, we have to my right, and while you view your left, we have Miss Brianna Johnson. She's the community director or communications director. We know you love the community. Yeah, communications director for the firm. Um, immediately across from her, we have Mr. Isaiah Grant. He's a leftist, uh, a TikTok phenomenon. He does all this great stuff. He'll be able to unpack what that actually means. I'm digging your hair, by the way, too. <laughs> I like that. It's like a mint green, a little mustard in there. I like that. And then lastly, in the middle, uh, we have Mr. Daniel White, who is the director of marketing at the firm and also a recently um, nominated or sworn in um, senator of the Multicultural and Diversity Center there at UConn, which is the University of Connecticut here in the state of Connecticut. So um, welcome, y'all. Welcome to Inside the Room. This is actually, to be honest with you, this is our first time that we're really low-key. We're chilled out. Um, I'm not all suited and booted and, you know, we're just chilling. Um, but this is a really serious topic and, and I'm really glad that you all are here um, to, to sort of weigh in on the, on the conversation. Uh, so just quickly, for those of you that are listening, that are watching, we know that the killing of George Floyd uh, in May of 2020, literally, it'll be a year uh, in a few weeks, it set off a worldwide um, sort of series of protests, uh, protests that we all participated in, whether we were at the forefront or organizing, we were a part of that, that very immediate response to a long history of injustices that our people had been faced with. What was different is that we literally saw right before our eyes the life being taken away, taken away uh, from George Floyd. Uh, and that was in Minneapolis, to be exact. Um, you know, it, 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 it really, um, it provided, especially myself as, as an elected official, an opportunity to really be um, on the ground level with many of our activists uh, that had been literally crying out to politicians and policymakers to say, we need change in our judicial system. We need change in terms of police officers understanding training and being, being uh, culturally competent in the communities that they are to protect and serve. And so last year, along with my colleagues, um, I had the opportunity to help pass a piece of legislation that would help move us toward that place of justice uh, in the judicial system. Uh, so we all know that uh, Chauvin, all right, the man who killed George Floyd, he kneeled on the neck of George Floyd for about eight minutes and 46 seconds. Um, as he basically fought for his life. Um, and we know now during this trial that the jury will consider whether Chauvin's use of force, okay, exceeded what was necessary 
to make the arrest of George Floyd, uh, constituting murder or manslaughter, all right? And I wanna quickly just run through the recap and then we're gonna jump into a little bit of Q&A and have an informal conversation. So we know, and you, you can easily Google this, y'all. Uh, this is one of the most, I think, watched uh, trials um, other than O.J. Simpson um, uh, in, a, in, in the world. The world has its eyes on our country, okay? On how we will handle this in an era of equality and equity in our judicial system. And so here's a quick recap. We know on March 29th, there were opening statements uh, that were provided. March 30th, all uh, witnesses sort of share their story, um, literally watching Floyd die before their eyes. Um, March 31st, jurors shown extended intense um, officer body cam video where they literally show from the officer's perspective what was happening. Uh, so you saw that April 1st, um, a police supervisor uh, kind of gives his account um, in terms of um, the force on Floyd and where it went wrong. Um, his girlfriend testifies, paramedic, paramedics, they testify. April 2nd, uh, Minneapolis Police Department homicide chief says officers' use of force was uncalled for. Um, and then, you know, April 5th through the 7th, um, it, it ranges between all of these testimonies and folks kind of giving a, a, an account on what it, what's actually happening uh, during that time. So, you know, they tried to accuse the, the, the uh, Floyd of, you know, the usage of methamphetamine and pre-existing conditions and that attributed to his death and quite frankly, it's all BS. So anyway. I am going to cut to the chase and I really want to provide each of you um, an opportunity to just, what's your initial response to this, right? We literally have gone through an entire year, almost in May, of killings. George Floyd wasn't the only one that was literally murdered before our eyes, right? We can name about 20 of them. And then there are probably thousands of those that we can't even account for. Right. What what were your initial? Uh, and by the way, I've yet to watch the video because I can't. Uh, I'm not I'm not prepared. And even when I begin to talk about it, I get a little emotional because literally we're watching this man and you can hear people behind the camera saying he can't breathe. Let up. What are your initial reactions to that? I'll start with you, um, Isaiah. It's honestly kind of scary. You know what I mean? Uh, whenever I, I haven't watched the full video either, I watched enough. I I watched probably a 30 second to a minute clip within this year where he's calling out for uh, his, his mom. mother. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And like you know, whenever I see somebody who looks similar to me, and you know, I, I see that they're they're getting this treatment because these, this person looks similar to me. It, it's it's scary. And it's something that's ridiculous. That I don't like. I don't get why it happens. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like we're we're you know about 50, 60 years past segregation laws and everything like that, and we still haven't moved past police um 
killing brutality. people in the yeah. streets. Yeah. yeah, or not. Yeah, not just killing people in the streets, but hurting people, harassing people. And oftentimes, when I see people talk about police brutality, I don't actually like not just uh, the African American community gets affected affected by this. Everybody does. So I don't understand why it's like a, this this crazy like back and forth debate. Everybody's getting hurt by this. You know what I mean? We're disproportionately getting hurt by it, but everybody gets hurt by this. So so let me ask you, Brianna. What what it, what was your initial response to this after seeing it and now we're a year later having to go through a trial to prove what we saw like so what? i feel like this trial is one definitely triggering um simply because this did not happen mm. um that long ago um when i first saw the video all i could really think about was his family mm. and in my mind i i already knew which i'm generalizing but i already knew it feels like they're not gonna get the justice that they deserve because of the many cases, the many trials that have gone on before in which these families didn't get the justice. I mean, they've gotten, you know, paid. However, at what expense to, like how much is someone's life worth? And when I found out, like, you know, I think we didn't find out a few days later in, in, until like after the video, after, yeah. where we found out that it was over a $20 counterfeit, a counterfeit $20 bill, yeah. and you're like, really? But like, does it surprise you when Literally, um, the uh, the guy, uh, forgive me, but in New York, he was sort of the Eric first Gardner. one, Eric, Eric Gardner. Gardner. Yeah. I mean, they killed, like, Lucy didn't they kill him over a cigarette? A like cigarette. A, a Lucy, yeah. like. Yeah. That's almost like similar to bring it closer to home. Right in Manchester, mm. we had Jose Soto, who yep. was killed, shot to death right in front of his mother's home for a missing curfew. Wow. And it's like, in the middle of COVID, and it's like, was was it necessary? And so it kind it just when we're seeing videos like this over, I'm not saying I'm not to discount, you know, the illegality of it. That's right. But That's right. it's like over a twenty dollar counterfeit bill. We we had to kill another person, another mm -hmm. man, and it's it's really difficult. This this his daughter, his children are going to grow up without him because of a twenty dollar counterfeit bill. Yeah. Well, literally yeah. the visual of yeah. seeing their father. See, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lynch. Dan, Daniel, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I, I don't even know where to start. Um, I remember watching the video. Yep. Uh, waking up um, around 9, um, taking out my phone, first thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm 17. First thing I do in the morning, <laughs> take out my phone and look at it and seeing, you know, a man laying on the floor with a knee on his neck and I'm confused, mm -hmm. right? I go through every, all of my friends' story, I'm confused. Mm -hmm. Why is there a man, a black man, a man that looks like me? And, and several white officers. Exactly, mm -hmm. surrounding, around, surrounding him and one man has a knee on his neck. Um, I, I finally get a chance to watch that, watch the video later on that day and watching, you know, a man lose his life in front of my eyes is, to, to this moment, one of the most traumatizing things I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, Sorry. It, it, I know no, it gets good. Like it gets to a place where you, like, gotta, like, because, you can't help but to jump in. Because, sorry, just to no. tap off of what you're saying. And because we have a platform, social media, where we're sharing this video over and over and over again, it's become normalized. Yeah. It, it became. It almost became like people were desensitized from seeing this video, sharing this video, not realizing, like you said, the impact yeah. that it's going to have on his daughter who's viewing this. Yeah, I, I, I think hmm. you know black trauma. Mm -hmm. um, especially, you know, over the past year, the past few months, especially starting with that George Floyd stuff, um, has become kind of, you know, the new way to get likes. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Black drama has become like the new way to, you know, gain, gain, gain attention. Yeah. And, you know, 
the, the, I think what people are missing, uh, a lot of people are missing, is you know this is real for us. Yeah. Um, seeing George Floyd die, that's real for us. Absolutely. Um, hearing stories about Breonna Taylor, that's real. Elijah McClain, that's real for us. Um, because that could be our cousin, that could be our brother, um, that could that 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 could be us. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that you know a lot of you know modern society has desensitized from it and pulled away because they don't see themselves in what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like us, you know, in the black community. It, it's our mirror image. So, so switching gears, I, I, I read um, that the actual attorney, or perhaps the judge, here, let me make sure I'm reading my notes correctly, um, in a filing last fall, Chauvin's attorney, excuse me, uh, he disclosed that Chauvin argued, or rather the attorney, excuse me, argued that Chauvin was not actually guilty. Um, he, uh, in fact, acted and self-defense and utilize the training that the Minneapolis Police Department upholds as their policy. And the technique used was, in fact, appropriate. Um, what? Talk to me a little bit. Go ahead, Isaiah. So, um, I don't know how it's considered self-defense when it's a man handcuffed and you're killing him for nine minutes. You are killing him for nine minutes straight. But usually, though, the technique um, that that they um, they use, it is supposed to encourage compliance, right? Mm. And once once the person complies with what the officer is saying, then you reward them with, okay, let me reduce the pain that I've induced on you. So yeah. because you're cooperating, well, that didn't happen, right? Yeah, no, that didn't happen. And uh, like defense. With yeah. Three officers, with four officers. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm but, sorry, we keep cutting you off. <laughs> sorry. That's how um, you talk inside the room, you know. <laughs> go ahead. But um I've I've done martial arts for a, a little bit. I've been doing it for uh probably like two years now. Like I learned wrestling in high school and then I learned Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And the one thing is like you I mean, you can make somebody hurt without killing them without using their neck you know what yeah, i mean yeah we got limbs you know yeah. what i mean we got legs we got all types of points where it doesn't really feel great to uh you know push in the wrong direction so i don't understand how it's like oh like this is like this is this thing where it's like a, a reward system like you can let off you don't need to hurt somebody or you don't need to like use their neck to basically kill them you know what i mean yeah it, it doesn't really make much sense to me there's like a gazillion other like there's literally like a million other ways you can go hmm. and he chose that one dude kneel on his neck for nine minutes yeah uh, I, I don't uh, it's crazy so so if you're just tuning in to inside the room um i'd love for you to to just drop some questions and let's start a conversation on the trial um i know we're still in the thick of it um, I've been, I've read actually that this will probably go well into April or toward the end of April. Um, but I'm, I want to have a conversation with you. So drop some of those questions and commentary, uh, and we'll get, we'll get back in touch with you. So just to continue on, um, on the conversation, George Floyd, uh, but specifically on, um, the Chauvin, uh, uh trial, um, I kind of want to ask each of you a two for one question. Right, it's the same question, but you kind of you just give me from the heart, like where where you are, um, and I really want to start with you because I think clearly, you know, one might suggest that you are a Latino or you are of some other uh, racial ethnicity sort of makeup, and you're biracial, you're white and black, right? As 
as a Gen Z, so we have millennials and Gen Z represented uh, in t in inside the room today. Um, where do we go from here, right? What does your activism look like? Is it a tweet? Is it an Instagram post? Is it a TikTok? Or is it a combination of utilizing these platforms to speak your power to power, right? Your truth to power and figure out like how do we move the needle forward? There's so much in this conversation that we can unpack, but I really want to hear from from you all. Like where where are you in all of this? And and also the second part to that question, once we reach a verdict, how do we respond to that? Because there's the negative sort of it is what it is. It's gonna, you know, it's the system. They're gonna go in his favor. Cause they might err on the side of, well, we gave them money. Let's make sure he has his life. Let's not ruin two families, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. How do we prepare for what will be said whenever that verdict come up, comes out? And I want each of you to answer that. Go ahead, Isaiah. Okay. Uh, so for really the quick, cause we don't have too much time. Uh, yeah, yeah. So for the first part, um, I think that it is actually good to go on social media and kind of you know let everybody know how you feel on it but it just really it's really hard you know what i mean it's, it's hard to pin down because on one hand you have you know facebook you have conservatives yep, yep. <laughs> spewing out a bunch of nonsense fake news yeah, yeah. but mm -hmm. i think what we need to do as like kind of like content creators and uh you know like tw <laughs> tweeters and all, all that yeah i think we need to make it more like kind of popularized and uh Normalize, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I don't know if you guys scroll through TikTok, but it, it's just a bunch of, you know, lip singing, lip singing, and um, <laughs> bunch of dancing and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that's good. Let's add that to. Let's add your politics to that. You know what I mean? I don't do that necessarily, but I think we need to kind of so be a bit more intentional. Exactly, because you know, platforms. we need to reach out to the younger people as well. There's a lot of people. So, are you suggesting that we? Um, get rid of sort of the door-to-door -door operations that during the 60s, which I think is, is an example that people can relate to mm -hmm. easily, um, where they had, they called it leaflets, we called it flyers, mm -hmm. right? And then going out doing that, the Montgomery Buzz Boycott, right? It was a campaign to, to speak against the injustices that was happening in the Montgomery transportation system. How in the hell you gonna tell me I can't ride on the front of the bus? Or in fact, I can ride, but if a white person get on, I gotta move to the back, yeah. right? Are you saying that direct advocacy is out the door and we need to focus primarily on the technology piece and really enhancing that? Or are you saying it's a combination of sorts? I, I think everything. I, with, with these types of things, we need to fight tirelessly. We need to keep on going on every single front that we can, you know what I mean? Okay, now, all On right. random things like TikTok, Reddit, like, who, who cares, you know what I mean? We need to... That was also a part of one of our, our episodes, but keep going, Reddit. I'm glad. You, you <laughs> listening to Inside the Room, just say you did. No, <laughs> but um, we, need, we need to get everything that we can, you know, with the personal, like, door-to-door -door thing. Yep. I think that we can do that online. You you can make your platform personable, you know what I mean? Yep, like yep. we're doing right now, you know what I mean? Yep. We're being ourselves. Uh, this isn't scripted or anything. Nope. This is, uh, we're, we're doing our thing. Yep. I, I think that it's, um, that's the way to go. Just do everything. Even door-to-door, -door, even, you know, pop, uh, media. Got it. Definitely. And, and to Isaiah's point, you know, don't be afraid to do the work. Um, don't don't be afraid to put your head. What to does the ground. that mean, though? Don't, don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to put your head to the ground. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Um, you know, 
be represent what you believe. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so yes. I know some of the folks who are helping us behind the scenes brought up a very valid point, right? Mm -hmm. We just pick up stuff off of social media and we will share in a split second without reading, doing our homework, self fact checking what we are reading to ensure that it's actually true. Yeah. You, right? And so I just want to make sure, you know, yeah. folks understand, especially our young people, like, make sure you do your homework to, to, to ensure what you're sharing to the masses on social media, it's accurate, Definitely. right? So doing the work requires doing, doing the, the work. work. Yeah. Yes, right. Exactly. Looking into what you're looking into what you're seeing. Yeah. Um, making sure what you're saying is factual. Um, making sure what you believe is actually true. Yeah. Um, not just picking it up and, and, and putting it out. Um, what What would you say the response will be, or how should we respond to whatever the verdict is? I'm still processing that in this moment. Um, That's valid. We we we've seen it. Yeah. We've Breonna Taylor. The yep. Breonna Taylor case. They settled. The family got a settlement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Out. There's like two sides to me. There's one side that's preparing myself for the worst. Yeah. There's another side of me that's saying, ah, Usa. Right. Yeah. And 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 I'm literally. It's almost like you're the social worker here. So I don't want to mischaracterize a disability. Um, that's unfair to a person who actually has it, but I, I feel like there are multiple sort of persons in me. I don't want to claim that it's bipolar, uh, but it's you just have multiple perspectives. Yeah, and 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 it's it's almost exhausting. Yeah. Uh, because you try to weigh and uphold both of them um, because they mean something to you. Um, so, what what are your thoughts on on the last two questions? Um. Well. In the age of COVID, especially because we are using social media for everything, like Brandon said before, I think that we need to be very intentional with mm. our posting. Mm -hmm. um, what we're putting on social media, I think that you, we have to spread the word and educate the people that don't know and have difficult conversations like this. Not to say if you're having a game night, you need to always talk about <laughs> this trial, but sometimes maybe you sometimes just need to dedicate some time to yeah. really talk about, because you can add perspective and change perspective and just also just not being afraid to, when after you post that post, going out there and figuring out which way you can mm -hmm. help. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm not one to want to be in the forefront. Like I'm probably I'm so not. so proud of her that she's actually inside the room on the <laughs> other side of the camera. Same thing be with Daniel. Because I like to do behind the scenes work. I, yeah. And, and if you are not the person that can be on the forefront and you're afraid to go out there marching, you're afraid to go, you know, to, to really make your voice heard, then figure out another route that's to right. take. Um, right. And I think that that's, that's the most important part. And just mostly staying together. I think as a community more than ever now, mm -hmm. we have to stay together. In terms of the Chauvin trial and what will take place after the verdict, I'm at, much like Daniel, I'm still processing that. Mm -hmm. um, I am preparing myself for the very worst, given everything that we have already seen and experienced thus far. Um, but then I also have hope because this has been the most active trial, like you said in the very beginning, that people have been a part of. Right. From the time that it happened, because we were all home, like people were able to see what was going on. Like this is one of those trials, I mean, but Brianna Taylor was too. But, you know, just. Yeah. You want to say one more thing before yeah, we, yeah. we, we close out? On the second question, I didn't answer it. Um, go ahead, where, go for it. When it comes to like the verdict, it this might be kind of more of a hot take. Yep. But that's okay. We've been peacefully protesting. 
for a long ass time mm. okay long time and this isn't like i'm not just saying black lives matter i'm saying like the civil rights movement and it's continued on since mm. um segregation laws ended mm. we something has not been working oh. and <laughs> not to say that violence is the answer but if if we keep going this route and just nothing's happening we need to do something different you know well, what, what I is mean? that something different I mean, because we're already doing an okay job killing yeah. each other. Yeah, I mean, right? So like, we're doing an okay job uh, responding to police officers. Yeah, yeah. What else? What else is there that we could possibly do to help? And I keep characterizing movement and progress by moving the needle, by saying moving the needle. Um, I don't know if there is just a right way of doing. Mm-hmm. But do we need well, to intensify yes, what we're doing? We need to intensify what we're doing. And I'm not going to say that it's right with rioting and stuff mm. like that. The the property damage, the people that get hurt. I'm not going to say it's right. But throughout history, we haven't done things consistently peaceful. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we stayed peaceful to try and make, you know, if, if the, uh, if our founding fathers tried to be like, oh, well, let's just peacefully protest. What do you think the, uh, the UK would have done to them? Yeah. And, and, and I, <laughs> and I just want to even more expand on that point. Um, when your oppressor is allowed to determine how you protest, mm-hmm. you can never get anywhere. You can I never mean, get anywhere. That, that's going to be a quote. I may not yeah. give you the credit on that one, too. <laughs> But that's a good one. I mean, seriously. So we don't we don't control the system. We don't manage it. I always tell people of color, you can never be a racist. You can be prejudiced. We do not control a system, right? And that's a valid point that you bring up. And I mean, I, I can only think of Wall Street, Black Wall Street, right? On how or when there was a time when we had everything we needed and the government itself shut it down, down, right? And so this conversation probably can go on for another hour or so. Uh, But I I, I, want to thank my guests uh, for being here to really help unpack um, this trial, but also give their perspective on, number one, educating our communities, but number two, providing an opportunity for like a different generation to weigh in on something. Um, but we got people in the background uh, who um, want to ask questions and um, and one, let's see, this is very interesting. I'm encouraging staff to talk because this is an uncut inside the room, <laughs> but they don't want to talk. Um, and the question is, I think the outcome for the verdict in terms of what the outcome would be on the verdict I think the outcome will be one uh, different from from all others, and here's why. The blue wall was broken during this case. The blue wall in terms of the, the code within police departments throughout this country, right? That's the blue code. Um, you have the chief and numerous officers calling it what it was, especially the chief of police in Minneapolis. Secondly, Uh, They saw what happened across the world on these smartphones, okay? And my prayers is going out to that young lady who actually recorded this and have to live with this, but I hope she, she, I don't know her name, um, and I know it's all over social media, 
uh, but the resolve and knowing that she did something right by recording and posting it because we wouldn't be here today. Yeah. Uh, so kudos to you. Um, and I don't think the world really want, as someone might put it, any more smoke uh, from from what has been said uh, and done. Uh, so that said, we continue to hold the Floyd family in, in, in our prayers. Thank you to Al Sharpton uh, and attorney Ben Crump. Uh, for their work and all of the advocates in Minneapolis who continue to provide uh, support. Um, I know that there's a Floyd, George Floyd Foundation. Um, I forget the correct name of it, but it's on Instagram. You just type it in, it'll come up. Uh, but I want to end our segment um, with just kind of giving some space to um, Earl Simmons. Uh, that's his real name, y'all, uh, but we call him DMX. I don't think these uh, folks here even know who DM, well, Brianna business, may know who. I'm, I'm a millennial. Yeah, she's a millennial with me. Uh, but DMX um, was basically, you know, he took all of us uh, to the basement of, of our, our emotions on his irresistible, uh, fresh off the boat cameo. And the man who unexpectedly um, nurtured a generations, I would say a generation, but generations of, of young people who literally come from, from nothing uh, and being, being able to take that hope, that passion, and that prayer uh, and, and build on it. And, you know, for many generations uh, of people born in the new millennial, just so that you'll know, DMX was known as uh, somebody's angry uncle. Um, <laughs> Uh, for his club tracks like uh, Party Up, uh, filled with his his very um, uh, very dark voice, raspy voice. Um, he was a Grammy-nominated performer. Uh, he was an actor. Uh, he had uh, many, many accolades. Uh, and I just, I'm very happy. I don't have a DMX story like a lot of people do, you know, on social media. I have a Mary J. Blige um, story. I have a few other stories, but I don't have a DMX story. But I listen to his music. Um, and while I couldn't connect with everything that he was talking about, as a black man, and now that I'm older, uh, there was a story that he was telling, not only about his life, but about the lives of the many young people um, that either looked up to him or came from the same situation that he had come from. Uh, so um, I am praying that we continue to um, uplift what was good about Earl Simmons, uh, better known as DMX, uh, and also understand that black mental health is real. And um, I'll, I'll end on this note. I want to hear quickly any of the reflections that you all might have. But what really disturbs me, and I just have to say this, is... DMX was alive just about two weeks ago, okay? And I don't remember the last post or picture um, reflecting how great of a man he was, right? And naturally, we all want to post it. We want to, ooh, rest in heaven, rest in peace, and all this other stuff. But what happened when he was alive? I know it's a moot point, and now we should celebrate, which we will continue to do. But there are so many other people still alive 
um, that we should be celebrating. So continue to celebrate Earl Simmons, DMX. But there's a list of black artists, hip hop leaders and rappers that we should be posting and celebrating and reviving their careers and ensuring that that long, rich culture and history that we love, we continue to move forward. So I'm just gonna leave the mic there. I ain't gonna drop it because we gotta pass it on. Um, but I, that really just works my nerves a little bit. But uh, you know, we 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 love you and we'll continue to pray for the Simmons family. Anybody? And then we'll we'll close out. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Okay. <laughs> Rest in peace, DMX. I will say my mother's. She was the biggest fan of DMX. The biggest fan of DMX. Are you DMX. serious? The big, yeah. So, like, I hope that they're together and having uh, concerts and wants to have you. Um, so, I definitely rest in peace to the both of them. Um, Are you old enough to her? <laughs> I know. I know. Where my dog? Yeah. DMX. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm when. I, I want to take it to, like, a different. Kind yeah, of, go uh, for sense. it. Um, DMX, from what I know, he struggled from drug addiction. Yep. And a lot of misconception that people have about drug addiction is that it's some sort of choice. You know what mm. I mean? Um, I think that it should be treated like a mental illness because that's what it is. It is, yeah. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of uh, well, a lot of big people in the rap community have been taken yep. by this. Yep. But a lot of people that. We all know, you know what I mean? Mm. From family members and everything like that have been taken from uh, this mental illness. That we don't really talk about. That Yeah, that we don't talk about and we need to bring awareness to <sighs> it. That's another it. episode. Lord have mercy. All right, so listen, you you know, we, we're, we're going we're gonna to make sure we bring Isaiah. Thank you for being here. Daniel, Brianna, as always, thank you for joining us inside the room uh, where we uh, discuss politics, leadership, and culture. Until next time, peace, and I love you.